Hello, coconuts. Welcome to another episode of Weekly Market Updates, where we scout the net to find worthy financial news for you. This week, we are quite varied in our episode. We're going to start off with a tech overview. Alphabet, Amazon, and Apple had their earnings call. We're going to dive a little deeper into Apple uh, with a bit more news there. We then move into Singapore REITs, the Capital Land Integrated Commercial Trust. Why should you look into it? Should we even look into it? What are some upsides? What are some downsides over there? And last but not least, Shell has recorded record profits. Was this a good thing? How did they do that? Is this a buy now? Is it, is it up and up for Shell? All these questions answered in this episode. Let's get to it. Hello, coconuts. Welcome to another weekly episode with me, Rakesh. And Anthony. One more week to Valentine's Day. I mean, I, I don't know if you celebrate it. I, I kind of feel like an old married couple yeah. and I don't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fair enough, man. No, I try and stay home on Valentine's Day, actually. <laughs> I, mean, try I go try out. to stay home every day. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's slightly different. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's crazy, man. Um, I, I, I thought it was doing January, but we are really coming out to mid Feb now. It's 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 yeah. been an intense. No month. la, not mid Feb, like seventh. It's seventh. Next week yeah. is mid Feb. Well, it's one quarter of mid Feb. <laughs> it's one quarter of Feb. Um, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's been an intense month, man. The markets has just been. Ooh, you know, do do you feel yes. FOMO yet? Have you started buying? Yeah, definitely feeling FOMO, dude. No, I have not started buying. It's it's um. I mean, I guess I would say FOMO because I should have gone in. But I haven't. And I'll be honest. Laugh at me. I've been I've been lazy. I no, I will be honest that I've been lazy. Um, as you know, Anthony, I've also just recently just started up IBKR. You were helping me out with that with that referral. Yep. Um, but I just haven't put the funds in to spend. So then ah, every weekend that's why I, I don't to, have a referral bonus yet. Ah, there you go. Every weekend I haven't. Um, you know, I've got some wedding to go to, la, this la, that la. Oh, shit. So yeah, dedicating see? sometime soon. Go, going to the wedding has now cost you real money, right? But anyway, it's still costing uh, me real money. You must give <laughs> Ang Pao. It, it's not only Ang Pao. Now you cannot even invest in stocks. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> opportunity cost, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. Real opportunity cost. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, I think that's that's roughly it. Yeah, Valentine's Day, you have anything planned? Uh, no, I mean, not at all. I just don't go out. Stay at home. No, look at my two kids go, ah, the fruits of Valentine's Day. No, no, not, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but look at two kids and go, ah, damn it, no more celebrations. You do like put them to bed. So, nope. <laughs> Fair enough, man. I just, I mean, I think I just on my side, me and my wife agreed. Um, no no going on Valentine's Day because I'll have some buffet here, la, buffet there. La. Yeah, they go always the hike day up after, the, price. the day before. Mm. One week after, so again. That's why. Never also can. <laughs> yeah, like you, right? <laughs> Terrible. Lucky my Thank God our wives don't listen to this. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> awesome coconuts now that we've established that we are the only people that listen to our own podcasts. <laughs> we have a couple of updates for you. As usual, the three stories. We've been a bit back very, and forth very. with Singapore a bit. Yeah. But we're going back to the U.S. with tech. Uh, we're going to do a quick overview on tech and talk a little bit about Apple. Then we come back to Singapore with Capital mm-hmm. and Trust. Um, and, and that's REITs, right, Anthony? Yeah. All right. Yep. 
And of course, last but not least, we're going to end off with Shell having record profits. All right. Um, okay. Not, not, not thanks to me pumping petrol, but yes. <laughs> thanks to everybody. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> All of them had record profits. It's terrible. Yes, yes. I think firstly, as, as a quick shout out before we jump into tech, um, I, I think tech has been hit quite hard over the last couple of weeks. Somehow every tech company is laying off 7%. If you are affected, um, we feel you, we empathize. Uh, we hope for you to to get another job. Um, and, you know, and if you need any questions or anything that we can do to help, please write to us. We're more than happy to have that chat as well. Cool. Awesome. So on on that note, um, good to talk about it, right? Because I think Alphabet, Amazon, and Apple released earnings last week. Yeah, I think we Meta want- and Microsoft has said, well. oh, that's really mama now. Mm. Yeah, it's actually <laughs> but A-M- focus A-M-A, on the A-M-A actually. Yeah. Yes, today we focus on the A's. Today we focus on the um, A's. Alphabet, well, it's it's honestly been a bit of a of a not a very good year for them, right? Like they let go of people, obviously, but also their ad sales has fallen quite a bit. Uh, I think YouTube mentioned below eight billion, mm-hmm. um, falling short, obviously, of, of forecasting and all that, and they are actually. Sundar Pichai came out to say they're focusing a lot more on AI. They're looking at different ways to search, um, ad revenue as well. They're looking at a way to, to re-engineer how this would look like uh, in, in the form of sustainable growth, right? He's obviously talked a lot about efficiency since, what, three quarters now? All, 20% of, of his sales force, he says he needs to optimize. Oh, everyone, everyone did. I know. Everyone. That's why I say this tech over you. I say once, everything said that. Everyone yes. said that. <laughs> Got party line. <laughs> Hey, I was seriously thinking, like, you know how in the last four, uh, you know, last two weeks, everyone somehow the seven percent number has been quite apparent in tech, right? With the exception of, yeah. of maybe Workato, they got rid of ten percent. I'm wondering whether all these CEOs literally got WhatsApp to each other. Hey, bro, today, uh, I do first, ah, uh, tomorrow you do, ah, uh. uh, but don't, WhatsApp, don't uh, one person do, everybody follow. Right? <laughs> because the first person start with ten percent. I think the first people started with ten percent. Is like, wow, very mm. jealous. Must go a bit lower than eight. Then some people went six, <laughs> actually not enough. So seven. Ah. <laughs> Trial and error. Trial and wow. error. I mean, you, you look, it's just market reaction, right? I think some of those mm. companies went six and then they, people were like, why only six? What's the point? So okay, law, you know, lucky seven. Um, not, not so lucky for the people who got affected, <laughs> unfortunately, but you know, no. um, d- different shareholders perspective. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, absolutely right but i mean the shareholders loved it as soon as people you know as soon as the tech companies started saying that the the, the stocks if you looked at it skyrocketed it went up at least jumped um anyway coming back to this so that was effectively what what alphabet is saying obviously it has it has fallen amazon same thing it said uh biz, cloud business has slowed i think yep. quite a hit was taken on aws mm-hmm. um Sorry, but by slow, they just mean slowing growth, right? So it still grew 20-something yes. percent year on year. Yes. Um, it, it's just no longer yeah. growing like 30-something, 40 percent. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and he said the standard party line, we need to be more efficient. But I think the the the, the, the biggest one here is Apple, right? They've had a lot of Because they haven't fired people. <laughs> they are hey, the only one actually, that have Yeah. They, ha- they are the only one that haven't announced mm, layoffs of all the big tech. right. You're right, actually. They have not actually announced. Um, and that can be seen in their December figures. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Negative 5%? Yeah. 
in terms of sales deceleration. And of course, they blamed it on, on logistics. Mm. Um, they said that supply chain was affected and so on. But actually, I believe, or, or you know, a few other articles were also saying that it's more than just a supply thing, right? Yep. Because it's real for us as, as you know, investors and, and retail that they're actually not buying these, these phones, right? Mm. Um, iPhones and so on. So I think that's definitely something to be thinking about as we move into Q1 for, <laughs> for Apple and really wanting to see how they're going to go ahead and, and hit their numbers. Because don't yep. forget, um, iPhone takes up quite, I think, was it 50% of their entire revenue, right? If I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, that it's said, the bulk though, of it. It is. It is the bulk of it. And that's why I think for the last few years, they've been trying to grow the services sector. Right, if you notice with all their different subscriptions that they're trying to have, yeah, with, trying with, have... with all their messaging around privacy and tracking mm, right? mm. and cutting people out of their wall garden. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, shots fired. I mean, look, they, they, they are doing what they, I mean, they have power over the ecosystem. They are, you know, flexing their power to make more profits good for them you know um, and, and everybody who owns the index owns quite a bit of apple right it's the largest company so good for everybody who owns the index which is like everybody so hooray yeah, yeah true um a bit of numbers on apple right revenue fell five percent iphone sales declined eight percent i think that's the worst ever iphone sales they've had uh you know in a very long time but they did have some positive news coming out which i think is pretty interesting Mm-hmm. Number one, they have apparently, according to them, their install base comprises of two billion devices. Okay. That's that's billion with a B, right? Yeah. Um, so that's at an all time high. <clears throat> People are keeping it, so they they have a decent retention figure in that mm-hmm. sense. If you look at devices, not yeah. to mention their margins run at forty over something percent when they're purchasing those those devices, mm-hmm. um, and they have been actually improving their services number. So it's somewhere around 150 million more that they had from last year with regards to the number of paid subscribers on their services. Oh, wow. That's actually quite a fair bit. It topped out actually that, at 937 million users. That is a lot of people. <laughs> that is quite a bit. That is quite a bit. Um, and this is the area that they've been trying to grow. I mean, we've talked about this when they first launched. Um, I believe, Anthony, you and I, was it you and I last year that were, we were talking about how they created this one subscription system or something like this. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, right. Well, and, not, um, not one ring to rule them all, but, you know, close. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and somewhere along those lines. And it turns out that it's actually paying off in that sense that they have 935 million users in that front. So I think that's a really good positive note. Um, it, it's good to see how this year is going to be priced because there are, I mean, every year they release their, their Macs, every year they release their iPhones, every year yep. they release their watches, right? So I think it's it's good to see what the market sentiment is. Well, what are your thoughts on the hard, hardware devices here for Apple? I don't know. I mean, I think one, you know, they probably haven't fired people because they didn't grow that much over the last two years. I mean, you, you think about all the mm. other big tech names, right? You know, um, mm. Amazon had the logistics boom and, you know, e-commerce during COVID and AWS. Um, Alphabet you mm. know, it was just going gangbusters over, over the pandemic and their Google Cloud boom as well, same as Microsoft. Mm. So, so all of them kind of went, oh yeah, we have growth above trend that's higher and try to maintain a trend and fail. Therefore, they are cutting 
people off. Um, Apple didn't have any of that. They they had all they had was oh, China factory might be shutting down. We need to manage supply chain. We need to sell more iPhones, right? So maybe the the joys of um being primary, I mean being hardware focused um more than SaaS in that sense, right? Which which means that they they didn't grow as much over COVID, but similarly, you know, now that people have come down from that growth high, they don't need to cut as much. Um, and on the hardware, I mean, I'm just quite intrigued to see where this goes, right? I mean, every mm. single time you think, oh, yeah, I, I think at least, hey, you know, how many more iPhones can they sell, right? Or, or how much more yeah. incremental value can they put into a phone and, and squeeze out another round of upgrades from the consumer, you know? Mm. And that, and every year gets more and more expensive, so... Hmm. How, how how much more can they keep this view turning? And, and it seems like they can. So good for them. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the the yeah. one that that surprises me the most is the overlaps they have on on their devices, right? Like, honestly, the the iPad Mini to an iPhone that is quite massive as it is, and the iPad to the Mac, like, there's quite a lot of overlap if you think about yeah. it. But people seem to be having all of these devices. Why? Why? Why do you need uh, so? Okay, exactly. I, mean, no, I, I don't understand. It's a right? question coming so from me, also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah so so I, I i don't i mean i have two laptops because i have a work laptop and personal laptop and none of them are mac mm. but you know i mean it's just mm. like sometimes i just don't understand and if i think about this oh you know apple has been great you know and and they have been really good at executing but what is the next big innovation right or, or what real innovation have they mm. made besides making phones smaller and you know changing a bit of the hardware inside all that which, which are all great which are all fantastic achievements but you know like we have heard about the apple car for the longest time hasn't appeared we have heard about apple Those vr for the longest rumors, time right? yeah. ha- haven't appeared right what's the rev what's the revolutionary hardware or revolutionary product that they are going to release or are they just going to say well you know what i'm going to keep my hardware edge and i'm going to turn really more into a services company by selling subscriptions by selling ads and all that because i have the mm. bulk garden i have the ecosystem i have the power there and this is what i'm going to do is higher margin you know I, i'm just going to start milking the cow harder right rather than trying to find another cow yeah. so I, I think that to me is the really really you know big picture and and long-term thing Right, whether what what's their strategy? Are what are they going to do? And that to me is always the big question mark with Apple because you know, and and we have seen this throughout history, right? You you squeeze the cow for too long, it, it just dies. Mm. You know, um, yeah. So so I, 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 think, I think that that's going to be the the that's, issue. That's, Maybe that's a fair point, and, like. and people have been saying this since. Um, Tim Cook took the helm, right? And yeah, Steve and Jobs they've been proven on. wrong for the last 10 years. So, you know, yeah. I, yes. <laughs> and they've been milking and milking and... And they're and finding new Tim ways Cook. to milk, right? They find yeah. a new machine to milk the cow harder. <laughs> I would say the, the, the closest latest investment would, or latest idea would have been the watch and that's it. Yeah. Right. Really, it's not to the level where, where, where Steve Jobs was. But are they going to come up with the VR? Are they going to come up with a, with a car, right? Or I think they were talking about glasses or something like that. I really don't know. Um, it's yet to see, but from the looks of things, exactly what you said, it could become one other revenue stream, which is services. Maybe yeah. that, maybe they want that to take up thirty percent of their revenue, thirty percent on hardware, and the other thirty percent on maybe some sort of software. I don't know, right? Um, so I think those are those are questions to have. But without a doubt, I think Apple, 
Apple's brand is the reason they exist. That's the reason I yeah. believe people buy all of these different devices. It's a little bit of a cult, cult following. Hey, hey, have we gotten the new iPad? Yeah. Um, and, and, and those sort of things. Lah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's what Tesla aspires to be, right? So, you know, fair enough. And uh, by, by all accounts, their ecosystem is great. I mean, I mm. don't need... The only one, the only Apple device I have is my work phone, which I try not to use. So, um, okay. can't, can't say too much about it. <laughs> See, my boss also doesn't listen to this podcast. Very good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean that that's pretty much about it, right? So you know, it, it it's that that to me is always that you know trillion dollar question because that that's how big they are now. How how yes. long can they keep doing this? Um, do do they really just want to become a services company and you know? And and maybe one day that ends. Maybe you know after Tim Cook goes, they have their Steve Ballmer equivalent, and and the whole company just kind of shrivels a bit until the next generation, right? You don't know. Um, nothing lasts forever. So yeah, we'll see. But I mean, recent quarter, very good news. Um, not much headwinds going forward. But maybe a bit of logistics, a bit of over reliance on China and and how that works out in in the new geopolitical space. But again, they'll take years. So. You know, they, exactly. they'll start trying to shift supply chains and it'll be okay. So, yeah. Mm. And they were actually the least affected in, in, in the form of tech uh, stock drop, right? Because like Apple, yeah. I mean, sorry, Amazon Alphabet dropped a bit. Um, but Apple actually saw a negligent, negligent drop. I think it's at 151 yeah. last time I saw it. I think they so. dropped to close to 100 before, something like that. Like in, in the last two, three months. I haven't actually taken a look at Apple because it's just, ah, I, I have... I, I own Nasdaq, right? So don't really care mm. about Apple. Um, that, that's all the exposure I need. I, I don't want anymore. <laughs> I, I like Meta. Hey, if you bought Meta at the lows, you'll be like 70% up. True. And the lows was True. four months ago, five months ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, Apple, I think for, for coconuts out there, they dropped to 125 early Jan. It's it's uh, now at 151, 6th Feb. So one month, they've jumped from 125 to 151. Oh, very nice. It's not bad. Not bad, not bad. Not bad. Cool. cool. Um, that's a little bit on tech. We haven't been talking about tech a lot. So hopefully, listeners, you you kind of like that. Uh, let us know if there's anything else that you want us to cover. Um, we should talk more about reads. Actually, no, not really. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just about that. to talk about reads, Anthony. We talked about yeah. it last week. We'll talk about it this week. Tell us a little bit about this Capital N REIT. Yeah, I mean, REITs just don't have that much news, right? Unlike the US mm. companies, they report once every six months. So every six months, you might talk about them. And, and they all report together. So you know, we, we can't mm. spread it into that many market updates episodes. Um, but yeah, uh, so CICT, which is Capital N Integrated Commercial Trust, um, had earnings last week. Yeah, last week, not already this week. Mm. Um, you know, and they're, they're kind of interesting, I think, for, for a few reasons. One is you know, history. They, are, they were Singapore's first REIT that was listed in 2002. And they are Singapore's largest REIT. I think they have like 2.4 billion something in, in properties, right? And they are almost like 90% Singapore properties. So it's like shopping malls, you know. Plaza Singh, Bugis Junction, um, office buildings mm. like Asia Square, Capital Green, Capital Sky, like like the quite landmark buildings, right, around Singapore. So it's like, hey, you know, I, I know these names. Let, let's check it out. <laughs> um, so, so that's pretty much gotcha. the only reason why. And because I own um, their shares. So, so, but, you know, so, yeah, it's kind of interesting to, to look at it. 
Hmm. Yeah, so so earnings wise, you know, I mean, unlike tech and like a read, they actually went up in revenue, right? Unlike all these big tech companies, you know, making less and less revenue per quarter, um, they they some made more revenue up ten percent a year. Um, Is it because rent went, went up? Okay, yeah, of course. <laughs> That's the only way they make money, right? Rent went up, therefore I collect more money. <laughs> oh, and then bought more buildings, therefore I collect more money. Mm. Right? It's it's very yes, very yes. simple business model. Don't need to worry about services, hardware, software, all these things. <laughs> um, yeah, they are all hardware. Rent up. <laughs> um, yes. distributable income up four point eight percent, DPU up. 2.7%. So you know, generally mm. growth across the board, top line, bottom line, that's great. Um, the, the total 2022 distributions was 10 and a half cents, which at today's price, $2 and a bit, is about 5% yield, which is uh, not too bad. I mean, it's, it's higher than T-bills, mm. higher than SSBs. So, you know, you, you're, you're yeah. kind of being a bit compensated for it and higher than CPF, right? So, so you're being compensated for that risk. Um, well, operating metrics wise, again, all very decent. Leverage ratio is 40%, nowhere near 50. Um, their debt is 80, 80% of their debt is fixed rate. So higher interest rate, low interest rate, they don't really care. Um, every, their cost of debt is at 2.7% at fixed. So that's great. You know, so it's let's, very cheap. Let's dive, yeah. let's dive deeper around this, right? Because I think most people, when they talk about REIT, they might have some issue with leverage, right? Yeah. Um, and just really want want them to understand a little bit here. In the norm, is forty percent leverage normal when you go for a REIT? Do you think it's more? Do you think it's less? Um, I think it's about there in terms of market standards. And I mean, you think about it differently, right? When you buy your house, your residential yeah. property, you pay twenty five percent down payment, you seventy five percent loan, right? Mm, so mm. your leverage is seventy five percent. Mm, exactly. Right. So so forty percent is half of that. <laughs> um so, so I think that, that's half, yeah, one yeah. way to look at it. Um two is really kind of regulatory based in the sense that, you know, in Singapore your reads cannot be levered more than fifty percent. So that that's a red line there. I see. Okay. Right? okay. Which means that, you know, if you do if you go above fifty percent, people start knocking on your doors, and you know um, the SGS starts knocking on your doors and starts you to kind of lower it, right? Okay. So, so there's there's a red line there that cannot be crossed, and well, because banks or lenders tend not to be too silly, they go, "Hey, regulatory, you have fifty percent. I'm lending you money. I want to I want to know early before you hit that fifty percent, right? I don't want I don't want to know only when you make SGS announcement. So they tend mm. to have um, restrictions that once you hit. 45 or once you hit like 48%, you have to, it's kind of like a mandatory prepayment event or event of default under the loan where, you know, so if you hit that line, you have to tell lenders, lenders can call the loan back to, to reduce leverage and that's a way to protect the lenders to get their money back first before everybody else gets hit. Okay. Right? So, you know, 40% is good. If, I mean, if they have a low cost of debt, if they are not going to take on new buildings and all that, that'll be fine. Mm. I think that the mm. fear is once you hit like 42, 43%, you, you are kind of limited in growth prospects, right? Because you can buy a new building, they'll take on too much debt, they'll push your gearing too far. Um, and if you do want to mm. buy that new building, it means that you can't take on debt, you take on equity, you do rights issues, you dilute existing shareholders and all of that to fund that purchase, which is normally seen as not a good thing. Right, so so I think that that's where leverage comes in. It it kind of gives you a signal. It's not really a signal of default because these people 
probably won't default. But it's a signal of, you know, are you going to get diluted soon? Will they need more money from equity? In which case, you'll, you'll get diluted. I think that that's really the key concern around leverage. Mm, okay. Cool. Yeah, I think uh, just just good to understand a little bit more in terms of that, right? Because we only hear seventy five percent or eighty percent or or anything like that. Yeah. So so forty percent is quite decent. I think uh, last time we were talking about Parkway went to thirty something percent, which is quite low, thirty mm. five something. Yeah. So it mm. just bounces around that range. I mean, if if a read came to say, you know, I have zero percent debt, you you'll be asking questions of them like, hey, why are you not levering up a bit to get to yeah. choose your returns, right? Correct. You, you, you should be reducing your returns because you are renting your buildings at 6%. You should take on some mm. debt, maybe 25% at 4% cost. And then the return on equity is higher. And therefore, the return on shareholders is higher. Right? So, so debt is not a bad thing. Um, debt helps give shareholders greater returns. Um, REITs mm. have a natural ceiling on debt due to their leverage requirements. Right? So, hey, you know, I think it's relatively safe. The the big concern really is around dilution. Um, of course, REITs go go bankrupt and all that. But if it's you know CICT, that's not going to happen, right? Um, if it's if it's the small ones, fly by night ones, maybe. Um, that's mm. why they pay you ten percent you and not five percent. Um, but you know, take on the risk. I think yeah. you you take on the risk, right? That that's really about it. Yeah. So okay, understand the debt side of things. Now the other side, obviously, is is rental. So how how yeah. has um the commercial trust been in in terms of rental over the last couple of years? Rent went up last year, surprisingly. So mm. I think retail malls went up. Like they 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 call it what rental reversion, right? Which is really how okay. you you compare the rents. Um, so they had positive rental reversion in the malls. It was up one point something percent in the offices. It was up, I think, eight percent, something like that. So wow. you know, I mean, not not rent, not Singapore condo increase thirty forty percent kind, but <laughs> a, you know, uh, on a it's billion dollars, not too bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know why these people rent. You know, like if my rent increased hundred percent, it would be bloody expensive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I I don't know how how these people increase hundred. Although yeah. I think my my so, rent would probably go up thirty percent. But yeah. So <laughs> that rent rent went up. Yeah, rent went up, right, 8% or, or whatever it is. But what about mm. occupancy, right? Um, were yeah. people actually renting from this? Yeah, yeah, so um, overall, their entire portfolio, which is like a lot of buildings in, in Singapore and a few overseas, mm. was about 90, nearly 96% um, occupancy, right? Oh, wow. Which, I mean, to, to me, that actually feels a bit low. Um, if you go to like, you know, the the industrial REITs um, or if you go to some of the office REITs, they, they t- used to be like 98, 99% um, occupancy. Mm. So, so 95, 95, 96 feels a bit low to me. Um, maybe, gotcha. I mean, they own a lot of office buildings, right? So partially, there's maybe a bit of like, you know, um, the work from office, work from home kind of tension playing out, people returning yeah. office space over the last few years uh, or renting somewhere cheaper. So, Anthony, uh, you know, we talked about all, all of this, but, you know, do you think there is a a way uh, that, you know, companies are trying to cut costs and therefore, you know, kind of give up the the lease and, and say, you know what, I'm going to take less space in, in, in the Capital Tower or wherever it was? 
Yeah, I think there's a well, Capital Tower is a different building, not on Benary, I think. Um, in, in Tanjungpaka. But anyway, um, oh shit! Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, <laughs> my yeah. bad. So, so it, yeah, it's, in their yeah. in their commercial buildings. Yeah, yeah, in their commercial buildings. But I, I think you know that there's probably two ways that maybe we'll kind of see. Well, there, there's two competing tensions, right? One is you mm. know. If you're a company, you want to rationalize costs and all that because you're scared of recession. Yes. But mm. if we have you know three years left on a lease, for example, you're, you're not going to cut it down now, right? Because to, to mm. terminate now means that you have to pay penalties and all of that. Um, might not be worth it, you know? So you, you might just hang on for the next three years and, hey, fire people. Lah. Um, the, mm. the second, and I think this will probably win out, is you see people... Making other you, you see employers making employees come back to the office, right? Now everybody say mm. recession coming, scared of job. I last maybe last year I felt I didn't need so much office space because uh, nobody comes in the office anyway. But now I right. now everybody's scared of job, I can make them return. Which is why I'm going to the office more. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm taking the MRT. But you know, I can make them return. Suddenly my occupants suddenly my use of office space as an employer is, is much better mm. because I see people in the office. So um, yeah. I, I don't I don't really need to return anymore. In fact, if we want to grow, we might want to get a bigger office space. Right? Gotcha. So, gotcha. you know, I think people who would have wanted to change would have changed the last few years when there was a lot of space um out in the market, when you know, especially when their leases were up. People this year who, you know, want to change will, will be those with their lease up. And I think what is relatively mm. interesting is you know, in REITs there's this thing called Will, which is like the weighted average lease expiry. Um, so across the entire portfolio, um, based on, like weighted based on their um, lot size or, or property size or office size, you know, mm. what is the term to the expiry of the lease? And for CICT, I think it's what three point nine, nearly four years. So you know, so, oh, wow. so there, there's a lot of committed occupancy, and and they are all committed for a relatively long period of time. Oh, well, three to four years is not super so long, but long these enough. are these are things that we could we have to look at, right? Obviously, when you're yeah. trying to to look at a REIT and, and looking to yeah, invest. so to to see, I mean, you are you are, the the fear is real, right? You don't want this year occupancy ninety six percent, next year forty percent. How are you going to make money, right? So so yeah. you want to know that okay, fine, my major tenants will be here for longer, you know. So even if it goes at most, it goes down to ninety two percent. I it's okay lah. I I won't lose too much money. Hmm. Fair enough. Got you. So. In this case, everything is looking quite quite positive for for CICT. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts in in twenty twenty three then? I don't know. I mean, I, I like REITs, right? And I'm a shareholder, so I'm biased. Um, I, I think uh, there's buying more, uh, buying more. <laughs> no, no, not not buying more. Um, but but I think it's it's not uh, it's it's not one of those things where you go, oh yeah, this is overpriced. Um, I think there, there's nothing obviously wrong about it. I think the the biggest risk to me is that you know they are really really concentrated in Singapore you know or all their mm. most of their offices most of the malls are in Singapore I mean, they're good properties you know a lot of the regional malls and all that but at the end of the day this just means that they are kind of a proxy for the Singapore economy if we mm. stop getting you know if our unemployment goes up very high for example or if we really go into a very deep recession you know all these things will suffer and maybe that's the time to buy because they'll recover and it'll, it'll recover and will come back like like we saw in COVID. But if it doesn't and it's, it's a really, really bad recession for the next decade, then yeah, this will be a bad stock to be in. But 
but then again, you know, um, a lot of stocks will be bad stocks to be in. So it's not a, a, a bad case that's specific to um, this this read. So yeah, I mean, I think it's relatively good value, um, not great. Um, if something goes wrong, you you are kind of buffered off by a decent yield. If something goes right, your upset won't be great, but you know, you'll pay your 5% a year. Good enough. Lah. Yeah. Yeah, true. Cool. Or you can market time and wait for recession, then you buy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Provided we hit lah, Singapore, right? Specifically. How, how to not hit? I think mm, we'll come. True. Yeah, yeah. We'll market. We're market takers. We're not setters anyways. Yeah. Awesome, man. Uh, let's move on to our last story. All right. The uh, the big guys. Sorry. The bad uh, guys. Be- before before we, we get there, I must say Bitbuff and Beyond is crazy, right? They went up like 96% yesterday. And today, um, five minutes after open, they're down 45%. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's Meme hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, me the meme stocks are fucking funny. But okay, back back to um <laughs> you know, more more prosaic things like shell. Clearly, coconuts, you can see that we are even even while talking, we're looking at the stocks. So it's <laughs> Yeah, so I'm just like scrolling through Tiger, who haven't sponsored us. Um NVIDIA has 200 bucks. What right. the hell? We need to sell NVIDIA. This is crazy. How can it be worth so much? <laughs> <laughs> we, we'll talk about that another day. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, shell. 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 Shell's great. I love Shell. Um, yeah. It's it's really interesting. I think so. Shell again had their earnings. You know. Yeah. We are we are really branching out from like tech earnings now. Um, mm. They they announced a record annual profit of what, forty billion, almost forty billion dollars um, wow. over over the year, and this was their record. Profit, high, high, highest ever profit, right? So their previous highest was I think twenty eight billion in two thousand eight. So it's uh yeah, it's a they beat it by like oh my god forty percent, thirty percent, quite a yeah, bit, f- forty yeah. plus percent. Jeez. Right, last year was just billion. a blowout, right? Um, wow. Their last quarter earnings was nine point eight billion. So so that's fantastic, and you know I think uh, maybe a bit of. A dose of reality is that they, you know, we, we were talking about Shell, I think many many months ago, and, and a possible mm. spin off of the renewables business, but mm. their their renewables business is really really small. It's I mean okay, it's not small, but it's like less than five percent of the entire group's profits. So forty billion, less than two right. billion in profits, right? Um, in terms of okay. capex, um, pure capital expenditure is also the smallest part of the group. So mm. you know it's growing, but yeah, it's not growing as fast as the rest of the business, which is not a good thing for greening the economy, lah. But mm, of course. I mean, nah, I have my own thoughts on that. These guys, um, are, yeah, these guys are just gonna <laughs> worry about these these stakeholders. So yeah, and I mean that's not a bad thing, right? You you get you earn a lot of cash and you return all your cash to a lot of your cash to your shareholders. If your shareholders want to invest in green companies, they can go buy green companies, right? Mm-hmm. If your shareholders don't believe in green companies, then they don't buy green companies. They go and buy Occidental Petroleum or they go and buy some other oil stock, <laughs> right? So, or they buy equity, um, energy stock. So, you know, I, I think like there, there is a case to be made that you don't need every company to be everything. Um, There, there are lots of green infrastructure companies out there look at Adani right well not really green mm. but you know, look at Adani and they're short selling right um. so yeah I, I kept wanting to talk about that I just couldn't tie it into something that we should <laughs> <very> irritated 
lot of thoughts. Um, yeah, oh. just send us a message. We'll, we'll rant at you about Adani. Um, but anyway, <laughs> back to Shell. And, and that's what, and to be fair to them, that, that's what they've been doing, right? Last year, they returned, what, 22, 26 billion to, of, to shareholders, right? Mm. 8 billion, I think, in dividends and 18 billion in stock buybacks. So that's a lot of stock buybacks. Wow. Um, and they are, I mean, I mean, part of it was because they divested a, a big chunk of assets in the US, but they are not reducing their pace this year. For now, I mean, for the first quarter of 2023, they announced another $4 billion in share buybacks. So they are just you know, really, and, and they, they really see this as, I think, their value to shareholders. We are going to make a lot of cash because we are a mature business mm. and we'll return mm. that cash to you. And you spend it as you see fit, fit essentially. Because right. what, what's their market cap actually? Oh, yeah, let, let's go figure out their market cap. But yeah, I think that that's kind of the the interesting bits of the shell next to me. Yeah, still an energy company, but you know, um, got it. Yeah, I think for me the the, the share buybacks are, are always a good question, right? Like usually yeah. you see that as a as a voice of confidence from from the government uh, from from the mm. you know, shell in this case, um, from the treasury, from the board, whoever you want to call that from. Because yeah. they feel that there's no better investment than in themselves. They could have easily put that in a REIT. They could have easily put that in, you know, other things. Um, and but but sometimes do you feel that they buy this to inflate the price? No, I, I mean the the whole point of a share buyback is to inflate the price, right? Because what you're doing in a share buyback is to essentially take it off the market. So your share count falls. Mm. And well, if your value of the company hasn't changed, so let's say you, it was a million dollars with a million shares, therefore one dollar a share. If you have taken away, if you buy back five hundred thousand shares, you still have a million dollars of value with five hundred thousand shares. So you know your shares should not be worth two dollars, mm. right? So so it is a way to push up share price without, and and that's why it's called a return of value to shareholders because you are pushing up the shareholder share price, um, without actually you know giving them dividends. Right, so if they believe in you, they can continue holding the company. If they don't believe, they can sell off that chunk of you know whatever what that percentage or whatever was bought back, and they get it back in cash. And the reason why they do share buybacks is their dividends is just because at least in the US, although that might change soon, it's a lot more tax efficient. Right, you you don't mm. you don't have that thirty percent withholding. You don't have, I mean, they they do have forty percent of capital gains, but you know, that's. That, that that's that's based off a different base, right? Yeah. So I think that that's why you you see especially the US tech companies they they much prefer doing share buybacks rather than announcing dividends. Yeah. yeah, like Meta just did a share buyback, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. They they announced a huge share buyback, massive share buyback. A lot of uh, stake was given to them because of the amount of, amount of people that they fired. But yeah, <laughs> forty billion. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. It's quite a lot. <laughs> oh no, no, but, but they're not doing it all in one quarter. They they are they got authorized no. to um do yeah. forty billion worth of share buybacks over a, a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Shell. Yes, they Shell. obviously see some growth there. Coming coming back to it. Obviously getting some some good uh traction. Right, uh, with regards mm-hmm. to the idea of LNG and so on and so forth, how does twenty twenty three look like for them? Is it investable? Yeah, so I think that's the well, that there's kind of two bits about it that's quite interesting, right? So, so one is mm. they don't actually see well, they they might see a boom, but they are not investing heavily into the boom, 
right? So, yeah. so the the typical you know commodity cycle is um, the commodity price goes up, everybody starts you know, pumping into the commodity to explore more, to drill more, whatever, because there because hey, good money, right? The commodity is worth so much money. Um, there's there's an oversupply in the market, the price collapses, mm. everybody goes bankrupt. Right, and then you restart again. Oh, there's not enough supply. Price goes up, and then then that's the typical commodity cycle. So what what's been interesting about this commodity cycle is price go up, price came down a bit. Nobody moved. Everybody said, I mean, most people said we don't really want to drill more. We don't want to you know explore more. We don't want to produce more. We are just going to keep our production as it is. Um, yeah. we are going to even out the cycle. Um, they didn't say that, but yeah, essentially, we don't want to go through the boom cycle again, right? This, this is crazy. We are just going to stick to it. So Shell kind of did the same. They forecasted about 23 to 27 billion in KPEX for 2023 and then confirmed my earnings. Yeah, they, we are keeping that range. We are, we are not going to do anymore. Um, so, so they are not massively investing into the boom. They are going... Look, there's a boom. We have been here before. There will come. A, there might come you know a bust, or come. There, there will likely come mm. a bust. So it's okay. We'll we'll make money while we can. We'll return. We'll return money to shareholders while we can. And everybody's happy. You know, Let, let's just it's BAU, right? Um, go up, mm. go down. I will, I will. I will make more money if it goes up. I will make a bit less money when it goes down. But that's fine. You know, we we are not going to. We are trying to fight the cycle. I think. Fair enough. And and I think a, a second point is, you know, I mean, we talk about LNG and, and we say, oh yeah, you know, it feels great. But LNG prices have spot prices have actually fallen quite a bit over the past six, three months. So mm. for for a period of time, they were going up to like eight dollars. It was like sorry, LNG prices in Europe, right? It was like one or two dollars um before the Ukraine invasion. Um, yeah. they went up to eight or nine dollars, which is like. 100% um, wow. for a while as, as people were stocking up for winter and, and now it's back mm-hmm. at 3 or 4 bucks so you know, it, it's been a crazy ride in, in LNG and that hasn't really reflected in the stock price right because you know you, you don't see Shell going 800% up and then you know 50% yeah, down back down you again see them just yeah. like kind of chugging along oh yeah I'm, I'm up 20% up 30% and they have not come down you know at, at a similar range and, and I think you know one is partially because they are not a pure um, exploration and and producer, right? They they have uh, they are they are down the whole value chain. They are oil major, so there have been you know parts. Even when the the spot prices have gone down, one is they are exposed to different commodities, so that's fine. Two is you know they have different mm. parts of the value chain that are making a bit more money, like refiners and all that, which have helped you know cover up a bit of the loss. And three is they have so much of the market, of the spot market anyway they can effectively hedge or they can effectively, you know, trade it properly um, compared to a, a few of the smaller producers, which might be more price takers. So yeah, that's you know, that, that shell. I, I think it's doing quite well. And it's also relatively cheap. It's price to book, which is like, it's like 1.1. So of all, all right. their assets and all their gas fuels and all that, you know, net asset value, their share price at the current rate is... 1.1, which is amazing. Yeah. You don't really hear it nowadays. I mean, you, you do just not in the companies you cover, right? You, you hear it <laughs> in, yeah, even CICT is like 1.3% price to book, right? Why mm. would you buy? And okay, I guess I they mean, have higher dividends, but you know, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and you are exchanged to Forex risk with Shell because they are listed overseas and if the pound collapses, mm-hmm. if the pound goes up, we, we are kind of screwed. But yeah, mm-hmm. you know, 
you, you can kind of see why Shell seems very attractive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and this year though, right? Any headwinds with regards to, to Shell commodities or anything like that? Uh, I mean, yeah, there there are always headwinds. Um, one is maybe the cycle turns, right? And I mean, and and the cycle turns, you know, we everybody gets swept. Um, two is you know, everybody saw, and I mean, energy prices are uh, a huge topic, right? You know, we we saw yep. electricity prices rise. We saw electricity prices rise everywhere. Um, everybody, all the governments are taking the convenient route. Well, except Singapore government because we are fair and above board. But all the other governments are taking mm. the, the route of pointing their finger at the power producers and the oil majors and saying, hey guys, you're profiteering. Um, you are profiteering off our people's suffering. We need to make you suffer too. And, you know, mm. you made too much money. Let me give you a windfall tax. Um, something like that. Uh, let me charge you a windfall tax so that, you know, you give me more money and I, I'm use, I'll use that to cover off whatever help I give my citizens. Which is kind of fair. Like, yeah. you see where they're coming from. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not not really the oil major's fault that prices went up. Like they, they, it wasn't that they, they pushed the prices up deliberately. It was more a function of supply and demand, but, you know, whatever, right? Um, yeah. Government get money from private entity. Not, not necessarily a bad thing. So so yeah, I think that that's probably going to be the big concern um for all these energy companies. How how much are they going to get taxed, mm. and how much will they actually have to pay out? So what Shell was saying was that it for twenty twenty two they paid a hundred million in tax in the UK, right? They probably paid about a billion, um, a few billion in the entire world. But in the UK itself was a hundred million. With the new windfall tax, they estimate this year's tax liabilities to be like twenty twenty three tax liabilities to be five hundred million, so a five times wow. increase in tax, right? Um, and wow. and I mean, if that goes across their their whole earnings, that's probably not a good thing. Um, but yeah, and yeah. I think it remains to be seen how much they will actually pay, and you know, these people will always try to minimize tax. So, yeah, we'll see. Absolutely, gotcha. So I think that that's cool. going to be the big unknown. Yeah, I think this was a this was a great episode. We actually covered quite a bit of industries if you think about it. Quite quite yeah. diverse in this one. We are and diverse geographies too. We are moving away from <laughs> focus. Yes. Yeah, because we have to, right? I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, no. I I keep saying this, right? Um, every now is the time to buy. I mean, don't buy things like mm. um, Bed Bath and Beyond or AMC. <laughs> uh, if you're buying AMC, buy eight, right? That's at least the cooler thicker. Mm. Um, but you know, if you are a fundamentally strong tech company that is on the up and up, this is a blip, right? Cycles mm. turn, cycles will turn back. You know, you don't yeah. necessarily need a zero interest rate environment to grow. I think people have just made too much of it, right? Um, lots of companies grew up well in high margin businesses in in high margin industries in the eighties and the nineties. Oh, yeah. so no it's, it's I mean tech is new but businesses are businesses right um, history has shown a lot of this before so buy, buy the good like find the good companies buy them you know hold on to them for the cycle and you'll be fine right like people talk about buying undervalued businesses how how can I mean they, they can still be undervalued after being down 90% but your chances of finding an undervalued business are so much higher now than they were in 2021 
right? So, Absolutely. so if you were happily buying in 2021 because oh, they were undervalued and they had a huge TAM, then hey, you should be buying more now, you know? Where, where's your conviction? Mm. Right? So, yeah. yeah. Buy. Just buy. Buy, especially <laughs> stocks that I already own. But, <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, that, that you aside, la, you. you know. Yeah, for yeah. me. La, for me right? <laughs> Why do you think I'm here to pump? <laughs> Uh, but you know, I mean that that's no no not 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 to pump that that's illegal. But I think that's the the key, right? You you want to buy in the down cycle, so that when things move into the up cycle, you make profit. You don't just buy in the up cycle because that's where you cash the top. Mm, fair enough. Awesome, man. Thanks for that, Anthony. It was a it was a good session. Yeah, we need to be more positive. What what yeah, other good news do. is there? Oh, budget coming up. Yes, budget Hopefully is more coming goodies, out. Uh, more GST vouchers, hundred dollars not enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> budget is coming up next week, right? Uh, coconuts. We hopefully will be covering a little bit of it. Um, on oh Valentine's Day. Yes, on Valentine's <laughs> we'll Day. That's home. where we'll be spending our evening. Right? <laughs> Speech at three thirty. Read the news. Like nine pm. Come and record. Oh, how is it going to affect yes. the stock market? I don't know. <laughs> Yes, we are going to be talking. I don't know. We are going to be talking about it. Yeah. Um. And 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 hopefully you will. We we will be able to come up with a few things for you. Uh. We are covering the budget next week, so please tune in. Uh. We'll try and put a nice spin on it. Uh. But I think on the other hand, we are going to be rolling out a budget podcast right here in the Investor Network. So we can't wait for you to listen to it. We will be running a couple episodes here. Um. But for tonight, thank you again for listening. From Anthony and myself, we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode with me, Rakesh, and trust that you learned something today. If you enjoyed the session and want to be part of the banter, join our community Telegram group or follow us on social media. We also have a weekly newsletter to get a digest of the news we covered. To sign up, please click the description below. As always, we love your feedback. So share that with us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. Thanks and stay safe.